Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, seven days a week, only about 13 or so minutes long each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith, because the Scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and have a more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to become more aware of their need to be in the right relationship with God. They need to think about their soul's salvation and eternity. Help them by sharing these studies with them every day. You may help somebody turn their life around and get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We are moving along in our study and our line of thought, talking about the law the scientific law of cause and effect. Now, we began by pointing out that there are a great many people in the science community who discount God in many cases completely. They simply are atheists. They do not believe in God. That's not saying anything bad about science. Science supports God. God created the laws of science. But there are a whole lot of people in the scientific community who do not believe in God, and so they try to explain away the evidences of God's existence and of God as being the creator of everything we see around us through fanciful theories. And one of the most fanciful is the Big Bang Theory that says somehow this universe came into existence from nothing, literally. Somewhere about 13.7 billion years ago, there was nothing, absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden, there was something. (laughs) Uh, Again, that's not science. That's imagination. That's science fiction. But there was all of a sudden from nowhere, and they can't explain why all of a sudden this came into being, this tiny little extremely small little lump of matter that you could not see with the human eye. You'd have to have a powerful microscope to be able to detect it. And they say it was so dense, so hot, so small, but all of a sudden it was just there. And so something came out of nothing. Well, again, that's science fiction. That violates the the law of cause and effect, which is a universally accepted law of science for every effect there has to have been a cause greater than the effect. Something brought that effect into being. And so all of a sudden there was this little lump of matter and it exploded and then it expanded and everything we see around us in the universe is a result of that little, tiny, again, microscopic lump of matter that somehow came into existence from nothing. And those who hold to this theory will say, we don't know where it came from. We don't know really what it was. We don't know why it did what it did. Well, again, that would make perhaps a pretty good science fiction movie, but it would be totally made up, and it would violate 
in reality the law of cause and effect, which is accepted universally throughout the scientific community. But that law, that scientific law of cause and effect, points to God. Because you see, again, something does not come from nothing. We know that. Science tells us that. So without God, then there is no rational cause to the effect that we call the creation of the universe. The universe had to come from something, from somewhere, by some power, some source. The only one that makes any sense is God. Without God, there is no rational cause to affect life on this earth. Again, life does not just happen. It's not a spontaneous generation kind of phenomena. It didn't come from inanimate matter. Such is impossible. Without God, there is no rational cause to explain the effect of life on this earth. Without God, there is no rational cause to explain the effect of the existence of love. Because you cannot explain love without God. Now, God's word tells us that God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 16 tells us that twice and explains love as being at the core of God. And without God, you cannot explain love. You cannot explain the existence of love. Without God, there is no rational cause for the true effect of goodness in this world. Because without God is the basic standard and the source, the embodiment of goodness. The very idea of goodness and the explanation of it, the definition of it would be subject to anybody's own personal feelings at that moment. And those feelings could change in a moment. And everybody's opinions would obviously be different and just as valid as everybody else's opinions, because there would be no basic standard of goodness. So we would not know what true goodness is. But God is the cause. God is the standard. God is the source. Now let's move a little bit further. Without God, there is no cause to effect true meaning in our life. Now people, I believe a whole lot of people, well-meaning, but they have kind of put the cart before the horse, so to speak, when it comes to animal life as compared to human life. And they would say that animal life is just as important, just as, as, as worthy as human life. Now, don't get me wrong. I respect animal life. I love animal life. I look at wild animals. I look at domesticated animals. I, I, I see magnificence there. I love to just sit and see a deer out in a field somewhere and just admire the elegance of God's creation in that form, that animal that we look at as a deer. I love to see squirrels playing around on our front porch, eating corn that we put out. I love to see the birds in all their different colors and shapes and sizes flying around, lighting in bushes and on tree limbs and so on. But none of those animals are equal with humanity. We alone have been created in the image of God with a soul. We understand goodness. We understand love. 
We also understand evil and we understand unrighteousness because we understand righteousness. And the only reason for those understandings, which animals don't have, is because we're created in God's image with a soul. When we look at Hebrews chapter 2 in verse 6, we read this. But one testified at a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Speaking to God or of God, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. Well, how do we explain that? How do we explain meaning to our physical lives, to our existence as humanity? How do we explain meaning? We look at Psalm 34. Psalm 34, and I'm sorry, not Psalm 34. I'm, I, we look at Psalm chapter 8, Psalm 8, and verses 4 and 5. And notice what the psalmist writes along the same line. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. With glory and honor. We have meaning to our lives, not just our physical existence, but because of how God created us in his own image. Job spoke in Job chapter 7, verses 17 and 18. What is man? That you should exalt him, that you should set your heart on him, that you should visit him every morning and test him every moment. God is spe- Job is speaking to God or of God. And again, all of these verses of Scripture saying essentially the same thing. Where do we find our sense of self-worth, our sense of being? The psalmist also wrote in Psalm 144 and verse 3, Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him? That you even notice us, that you consider us, that you consider us as your creation, as your sons and daughters, or the son of man that you are mindful of him. How do we answer that? If we eliminate God as the source of the answer. We go back to Genesis chapter 1. And when God had created everything else that he created on this earth, he set everything in order on this globe, put the waters in their place, he put the atmosphere in its place, he put the dry ground in its place, he placed the sun in the proper place at the proper distance to provide light and warmth. He put the moon in the proper place at the proper distance to serve its purpose as a light by night. He put the stars in the sky as he created the universe all around us. Then, as the crown of his creation, as I like to think of it, 
God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, why is man in dominion over all of the rest of the life forms on this earth? God put the vegetation on this earth to provide food for our existence, our ongoing life, but also that of the animals in the field and in the forests. Why did God put man in dominion in a place of being excelling over all of the other life forms, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and even the wild animals in the jungles? Because God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. He did not say that about any other life form that he had created, but he did say that about man. So he created man with a soul. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them. And so we are unique in that aspect that we have a spirit essence within our physical bodies. We have a soul, and that goes on for eternity. We understand all of those concepts. Love, good, evil, righteousness, unrighteousness, sin, faithfulness, because we're created in the image of God. And that gives us meaning. And the evolutionists, they cannot explain that. They run right into a brick wall in trying to explain how that sense of understanding and meaning in life can be the result of a random evolutionary process. The law of cause and effect points to God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for creating us with a soul. Thank you for creating us in your image. Guide us to live responsibly as such and to bring you glory through our lives, to walk with you in faithful obedience and be able to look forward to a home with you in heaven. Please guide us in this for all of eternity. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.